Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of No Huddle Show. I'm here at the Lincoln Financial Field. The Eagles just uh, beat the Falcons. Sorry, it was a sloppy game. They beat the Falcons 18-12. to I'm here with a very special guest that is an even more familiar voice than Joe Giglio was on our most recent episode. He decided to make the comeback for one day to help me out. It's Matt Lombardo. He had to return for the banner. He had to see it raised. What's going on, Zach? You see the <laughs> Philly special in Minnesota. You see the Eagles win Super Bowl 52. Yeah, you, you getting flashbacks right now? Yeah. <laughs> a, a reprise of the Philly special here in Philadelphia. You see another goal line stand against the Falcons where the Eagles defense comes up big, slams the door shut, and they win the game 18-12. to Listen, it wasn't pretty, and I think that there are a lot of things that the Eagles can take into their week and you know break down and correct as they get ready for Tampa Bay next Sunday on the road. Uh, but they got the job done, and you know I think that there were a lot of things not to like about what Nick Foles did in this game. But it's about surviving and advancing when you're in this spot, and that's what the Eagles and that's what Foles did. Let's let's just jump right into Nick Foles. Let's talk right because I think that was that was a storyline coming into this game the entire offseason really I mean the, the the debate about whether Carson Wentz will or should play and he they told they finally announced it on you know Monday after Doug Peterson had some arguments with the media and was there, there was more reports today we'll get into that in a minute but Nick Foles came out and he kind of looked closer to what he looked like in the preseason than he did in the playoffs right oh absolutely and you and I were talking a little bit during the game Zach and I thought that there were at times tonight where it didn't look like Foles was in a rhythm and that's important to him but even bigger picture Foles looked more like he did in the preseason versus the postseason. I thought he really missed, uh, as far as the offense goes, John DeFilippo, the former quarterback coach, and Frank Reich, the former offensive coordinator for the Eagles, DeFilippo in Minnesota, and now the head coach of the Colts, Frank Reich, um, didn't get into a rhythm. It seemed like the, the Falcons really did a nice job of taking away those run-pass options that really were the trademark of that Eagles offense last year in the playoffs. And Foles' numbers at the end, 19 of 34, 117 yards, had that interception that really wasn't his fault, bounced off the hands of Dallas Godard over the middle. I, I I don't think he played particularly well. I think his teammates bailed him out. Um, but like I said at the top of the podcast, you know, when you're calling on your backup quarterback to get you through several weeks and maybe even a month, it's just getting the W. It's just surviving that time before Carson Wentz is ready to get back on the field and healthy enough to return. And I thought this was an Eagles team primed to get off to a little bit of a slow start. They avoided that tonight. They survived a slow start on offense to go ahead and win the game. Just surviving. Uh- 
that's kind of how this this game happened in the playoffs when they played the Falcons too. If there's a couple plays, if they go differently, and that's that's kind of why I'm a little concerned going forward about Foles. I, we we don't know how long he's going to play. There was a report that came out today that Carson Wentz might be out until October from NFL Network. We talked about that in a little bit, but there was a couple throws that should have been picked off by Atlanta for tonight from Nick Foles. And if those happen, then this game looks a lot differently and they lose. And maybe there's a little more concern going forward. I mean, the Eagles only scored 18 points. They were they able to win because the defense was stellar yet again. Uh, at a certain point, I wonder just how 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 long they can rely on the defense to do that. They had to come back onto the field pretty frequently, and they, they were able to hold hold off the Falcons' offense that has Julio Jones. I think, what, what was his final tally? He had like he had 10, 180 yeah. total yards from scrimmage. Yeah. He had 169 <laughs> receiving yards. He had 11 rushing yards. Uh, and the Falcons had 299 yards of total offense. Yeah. And I talked to Chris Long a little bit about it after the game, Zach, and he basically said that, you know, with an offense that has that much of, of firepower, that's a pretty good night at the office for the Eagles defense. And now they go down to Tampa Bay, and I think that's going to be uh, a little bit of a different test, but certainly not the same type of an offense they saw tonight. Uh, so they get a little bit of a break there. But I, I, I look at this, and I think that this was a character-defining type of win for the Eagles defense. And I know that you might be a little bit concerned about how many times can you go to that well, how many times can you rely on the defense to bail you out. But this is twice now against the Falcons, once in the opener, once in the NFC divisional game. Comes down to a final play on fourth and goal. Two of them tonight after the Jordan Hicks penalty. And the defense got the job done. So you got to give a lot of credit to Chris Long and Fletcher Cox. They pressured Matt Ryan into making some throws that maybe he wasn't comfortable making in the pocket in those big moments. But as far as the offense goes, Again, if you can rely on Corey Clement and Jay Ajayi to lift you across the finish line, you're just trying to get through the next three, four weeks before Wentz gets back. Going off that, uh, you know, in the second half, Jay Ajayi and Corey Clement kind of took over the workload after Darren Sproles had for some I was really confused by the decision to I know Doug Peterson loves Darren Sproles he was in Howie Roseman's office daily begging him to bring him back this year but he came out and was like almost clearly number one running back in the first half and I I know you're not allowed to criticize Doug Peterson anymore around here (laughs) nowadays but there's a few I don't know I had a few question marks about some of the things he's done recently between the, the decision to give Sproles all those touches and even just coming into this game, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about how Nick Foles is a momentum quarterback. For the last couple of weeks, as far as we know, they've been splitting first-team reps between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. At a certain point, they had to have a pretty good idea that Carson Wentz wasn't going to be playing or he probably wasn't going to be playing. And Nick Foles wasn't getting all the reps, and I think he needed them. And I think that was a big mistake, and I know it didn't end up hurting them in the end, and Doug wound up getting a Philly special and got everybody all excited about that again. But I, I think he had some questionable decisions leading up to this game and during this game. It paid off in the end, and he figured it out because he's a great coach. But it... I don't know. I I questioned some of the ways they handled Nick Foles tonight, and they're they're pretty conservative in the first half. They get, they opened up a little bit in the second half. They relied on the running game, which is probably what they should be doing as long as uh, Carson Wentz is out. But yeah, I mean, what, what, how would you evaluate well, how let Doug? Let me ask you this: it, yeah. because you're around this team every day, and you you cover this team. When you look at the running game tonight, uh, before 
Corey Clement had a 21-yard run late in the fourth quarter to put the Eagles in position to score the touch, the go-ahead and game-winning touchdown. They were averaging 2.8 yards per carry, and I don't think that it's the fault of the offensive line. I thought the offensive line played relatively well tonight, but I don't know whether it was Darren Sproles sidestepping some guys in the backfield, maybe not having that same explosiveness that he might have had a year or two ago. Uh, the questions that you pointed out in terms of Jay Ajayi not shouldering a workload earlier on, how can concerned should Eagle fans be, given that this was their first glimpse of what the offense has looked like during the regular season, based on what you've seen through camp, how concerned should they be about their inability to run the football until it mattered most? Because on one hand, it looks like it was a coming-of-age moment for the offense to be able to run the ball in the fourth quarter to get a victory when Foles wasn't necessarily all that effective. But on the other hand, it shouldn't take three quarters when you have a three-headed backfield of Ajayi, Clement, and Sproles. What have you seen leading up to tonight? So I would say I'm not I'm not concerned yet, mainly just because Darren Sproles didn't play in the entire preseason and he hasn't played since week three last year, I think. Uh, Jay Jai recently he hurt his foot. I don't know when that happened, but he had been sitting out for like a week or so of practice and he finally was reincorporated this week. And he kind of implied maybe that was why they were hesitant to give him all the carries in the first half in the locker room. I don't know if that was the full reason. And then Corey Clement also, he hurt his, hurt his ankle, I believe, in the week one of the preseason, and he was out for most of the preseason. So I think these guys are just getting their feet back from running them. I think that's why you saw by the end of the game they were running a lot better than they were at the beginning of the game. And the next couple of weeks they don't really have that tough of a schedule. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have some talent on defense, but they're kind of one of the lesser teams this year, and the Colts are pretty weak on defense. So I think we'll find out over the next couple of weeks whether we should be concerned about the running back. I, I think the bigger concern going forward is something we have, we've kind of referred to a little bit, but th- that report about Carson Wentz yep. potentially being out until October. Well, I mean, Doug probably won't comment on that the entire time, but, I mean, if, if that's true uh, – all of a sudden that becomes like a question mark about if Nick Foles can carry this team that long. I mean, they they, yeah. they have the t- Titans right after that. I, Tough I believe. game. And then I believe they have, are the Giants the game right after, or there's a game in between then? Yeah, the Giants are the Thursday night game. I believe October 11th is the date of that one. But you look at the Eagles, and, and you touched on it a little bit, Zach, that this splitting of, of practice reps with, Nick Foles in training camp and Carson Wentz, if they had any idea that Carson Wentz was going to miss extended time, it seems foolish to me to split reps and put Wentz on the field in those situations. So the schedule coming up, you have the Buccaneers on the road, you come home for Indianapolis, the Titans, the Minnesota Vikings here. It's a really tough game. Then you go to the Giants on a Thursday night on a short week, week, and then you come back home to take on uh, the Carolina Panthers 10 days later. So if Wentz is coming back against one of those teams, that's not an ideal time to come back anyway. No, I I agree. And if he's out until October, that Minnesota game at home, none of those are ideal. Because Minnesota's defense, their front seven is as good, if not more dominant, than the front seven we saw from the Atlanta Falcons tonight. I think that Thursday night game against the Giants, that's a tough spot for the Eagles because you're coming off that physical game against the Vikings. It might only be Wentz's second game back. You don't know how rusty he is. And how NFC, and anything is. can happen in the NFC East games, too. They're always close. Yep, and even though the Giants finished 3-13 and last year, the Eagles only beat them by a combined total of eight points in those two games. And you have Carolina after that. So... I look at Nick Foles and, you know, the best case scenario for the Eagles to me leading up to that giant game is to come away with three wins. If you can go three and two in the first five, best case scenario, and you turn it over to to Carson Wentz the following week against the Giants, uh, to me, 
if you can get through that stretch at three and two, I don't think you rush Carson Wentz back because you've shown that you're good enough on defense and you can run the ball when you have to to get by these games. Now, if you lose to the Titans and you lose to the Vikings, then you might have to have a conversation about bringing Wentz back. But I don't think there's any pressure tonight or next week or the following week to force Wentz back before he's 100% healthy because you got to look at this big picture about the next 10 or 15 years of your franchise and of Carson Wentz's career, not the, the next three to five weeks of a season where your backup quarterback might be good enough to get you by with their supporting cast yeah and I would say however long Nick Foles is in that quarterback my level of concern would vary depending on which is something this is something that hasn't really been talked about as much I feel like it should have I think we saw tonight Alshon Jeffrey and the impact he has on this offense for sure like Nelson Aguilar was targeted early and often I think he had eight catches and still only had 30 something yards which Jarvis Landry wouldn't even be able to pull that kind of line and he just didn't have space to move and Mike Wallace doesn't seem like he's the same I mean he there was one point where Nick Foles underthrew him but he doesn't seem to be the same Mike Wallace that we all remembered from a few years ago correct DeAndre Carter has as as great of a story is it, he has no business starting in an NFL Unproven. game. Unproven, yep. And, I mean, Marcus Wheaton, is, there's a reason why he's been a journeyman. Like, Correct. Shelton Gibson, I don't even think he was on played. Like, it didn't feel like he played on offense. Yeah, tonight. he was on special teams. I don't think he yeah. took that many snaps And, and after his preseason, that was kind of surprising. So, the receiver group is a question mark right now. And Alshon Jeffrey, for all – I know he got some criticism because his numbers weren't amazing last year. But, number one, he was playing with a torn well, shoulder. Well, there was one person who criticized yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> but – I mean, he's not Jordan Matthews. That's the problem. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, Alshon, for wh- whatever his numbers were last year, he had eight touchdowns. He was a great red zone threat. Yep. And he just drew the defense towards him. Correct. Even beyond him. Opened like, up space yeah. underneath for Zach Ertz, freed up some space Speaking for the Speaking of Zach Ertz, game. he had a tough night tonight. He had some drops, and he, he was pretty upset with himself in the locker room. And, you know, I, I just think Alshon Jeffrey – not more than Carson Wentz, but like they, they can survive without Carson Wentz if Alshon Jeffrey's in there, not even necessarily catching the ball, just drawing the defense away from Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, just Aguilar look at how different the offense looked in the postseason against the Vikings and in the Super Bowl against the Patriots to what it was tonight. As you pointed out, Zach, that space to operate wasn't there for Goddard or who had a really bad drop on that interception or Zach Ertz or any of the other younger wide receivers that the Eagles are trotting out there right now or Mike Wallace. So to me, you bring back... Alshon Jeffrey, and I think that you can build a case that he's the second most important player on this offense outside of Carson Wentz because he makes everything else go. You can stretch the field with him. He draws a safety to that side of the field. He's probably their most reliable pass catcher of any of their receivers other than maybe Zach Ertz, who still had five catches for 48 yards tonight. Um, So to me, I I look at this offense, and I don't think that you've gotten a clear enough picture of what they have the chance to be, even with Nick Foles, because Alshon Jeffrey Jeffrey hasn't been out there. I would say I, I would put Lane Johnson in the in the top two. But, I agree. But yeah, Alshon Jeffrey I think is more valuable than people realize. All right, I think that's a, a good spot to, to close out on. Thank you so much for coming back on. We, we're happy to have you back in the link and taking the moment that you celebrated last year. Got, got to see the banner go up, and it kind of comes full, full circle. circle. Yeah, this is like the good way to go out on the Eagles beat for you. You're, you're killing it on the Giants beat. Well, I appreciate that. We miss that. you over here. But, yeah, that, we'll end on that note. Uh uh, you got to make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. We're on all the important apps. We're on iHeartRadio, YouTube, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at the No Huddle Show or me at Zach Blatt, Z A C K B L A T T. Send us questions. I'm, we'll have a couple podcasts again next week. We'll be announcing our my, my new co-host in the near future. Uh, and, and thanks again for listening, guys.